Good morning, and welcome to worship at Naples United Church of Christ here in Naples, Florida. My name is Dawson Taylor, and I have the privilege of serving as senior minister. And we're grateful to have you worshiping with us today, no matter if you're worshiping with us via Facebook Live, live stream, or if you download our audio podcast later this week. I also want to invite you for our virtual gathering place immediately following worship today. It's a great opportunity to connect as a congregation even while we are physically apart. There is a button in the email that was sent last night to the congregation that you can hit following worship today that will connect you immediately to that gathering place. But if you didn't receive that email or if you're not quite sure where it is this morning, feel free during worship today to give the church office a call at 239-261-5469. And Chelsea or Wendy will be happy to uh, get that link to you. We'll need your name, your email address, and your phone number to make sure we get it to the right place. Don't do it during the sermon, please. But otherwise, just give us a call and we'll make sure you have it by the conclusion of worship so that you can join us. I also want to invite you back on Wednesday evening at 5 p.m. for the Clergy Roundtable. We're in the midst of our sacred conversations on race and privilege. It's been a wonderful opportunity for dialogue. We're in the midst of a book study on the book, how to Be an Anti-Racist by Abram X. Kendi. And books have been a little difficult to get a hold of, but I can give you some inside information to let you know that our wonderful receptionist, Chelsea Godwin, was able to get 75 copies of the book and has them available. So if you will give the church office a call this week or email us at info at They'll be happy to uh, get in touch with you and work with you to get a copy sent to you. And lastly, I'm excited to let you know that we have the Congregational Hymn Sing returning. It will be next Sunday, July 5th at 4 p.m. It's going to be, again, some of our favorite hymns. And, of course, on July 4th weekend, we'll have a few patriotic ones as well. And so I hope you'll make plans at 4 p.m. next Sunday for the live stream. And, of course, that will be archived also. And so you can go back and watch it if you're not available next Sunday. As an intergenerational congregation, let us center our hearts and minds as we prepare for worship today. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day and for the gift of this time. And so we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship, that you would speak either through me or in spite of me but that above all else, we would hear with clarity what it is that you would say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. 
a certain county official had to go to a farm to talk to a farmer about some county matter. Walking up the dirt road leading to the farm, he encountered several signs, and they read, Trespassers will be shot. Beware of dog. Keep out. This means you. Finally, arriving at the door, he was greeted by a very friendly, smiling, congenial farmer. When the county agent was ready to leave, the farmer said to him, Come back and see me sometime. You know, I don't get many visitors up this way. No kidding, said the county official under his breath as he turned to leave. In the time that our scripture reading was written, the one for this morning, people practiced hospitality as a virtue. The stranger was like a sibling. The visitor had a place of honor. Water was not easy to obtain, and in rural areas, there was no access to running water and especially cold running water. Women usually carried large jars of water on their heads to the well twice a day, once early in the morning and again in the evening. There was no refrigeration, so cold water did not stay cold for very long. To give a cup of cold water was luxury, and it indicated further a high level of Middle Eastern hospitality. Where I grew up, there is often a lot of discussion about Southern hospitality, but Middle Eastern hospitality puts all of that to shame. An American journalist traveled through Iran a couple of years ago gathering information for a magazine article that he was writing on the changes that are sweeping through that country. The fear of terrorism has caused many to view Iranians with suspicion. But this reporter was writing about how the Iranian people he met were gracious and welcoming. One such story about the time was about the time he mentioned to his taxi driver about how he would love a cup of fresh pomegranate juice sold by one of the local street vendors. The driver sped him to the nearest juice stand and insisted on buying him a cup. The juice vendor, recognizing him as a reporter and a visitor to the country insisted on paying for the juice himself. So for the next few minutes, the reporter, the juice vendor, and the taxi driver had a friendly but heated argument over who had the pleasure of buying his pomegranate juice. Visitors to that part of the world report that demonstrations of such hospitality to strangers are not rare. It was Jesus' expectation that he puts forth in our reading today 
that the disciples would be hospitable. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Some years ago, a writer and traveler came to a little rustic house in England, situated at the top of a hill. Nearby was a signpost that read, help yourself to a cold drink. Not far away, he found a spring of ice cold water. Above the spring hung an old-fashioned dipper, and on a bench nearby was a basket of summer apples and another sign inviting passerbys to help themselves. Curious about the people who would show such hospitality to strangers, Sam Foss, the author and traveler, knocked at the door. An elderly couple answered the door and he began to ask them about why they had set this spread for people they might never meet. They answered rather simply. They explained that they were childless and that their little plot of ground yielded a a modest living But because they had a well with an abundance of water, they wanted to share it with anyone who happened by. We're too poor to give money to charity, said the husband, but we thought in this way we could do something for the folks who pass our way. That's the kind of hospitality that Jesus had in mind. It's a simple thing, a cup of cold water, but rarer than we might think. When Jesus refers to the little ones, he is referring to those who are the most needy, the most vulnerable, those who have no advocate for themselves in the broader society. This is not a country club, but a hospital. This is not a shrine, but a lighthouse, beckoning to those whose lives are about to run onto the rocks, those who need to know that they are loved and that they are accepted. Jesus taught that we are to be hospitable to strangers. We are here to serve, not to be served. Showing kindness to strangers, especially the least, the lost, the last, and the lonely, is what the gospel is about. And the primary reason that we are called to do so, to show that level of hospitality, is that we were once strangers ourselves. Paul writes in the fifth chapter in the letter to the church in Rome, while we were yet sinners, Christ died 
for us. So when we reach out to the stranger with holy hospitality, we are doing no more than what Christ once did for us. There's a wonderful story about a woman named Pauline who attended a small inner city church in Dayton, Ohio. She lived in a sheltered community just down the street from the church and she became a real test of holy hospitality for that congregation. She smelled of urine and sweat and often slipping away on Sundays from her shelter before the caretakers could bathe her. There were those in the church who wished that she would have kept walking by their building. But there she was almost every Sunday for worship. You could tell by Pauline's loud voice every time she entered the building. She sat near the front so that no one could miss her knit cap and grubby, heavy overcoat. Some made sure that they did not sit near her, not wanting to catch that odor that emanated from her clothing and her body. But there were also many in the church who were glad of her presence. Fortunately, some of those were on the governing board of the church. One of them, a wise elder, often said, Pauline is Christ's gift to us. And he meant it. He meant that Pauline was the kind of person to whom Christ wanted that church to reach out to. With Pauline present, they could never forget that call to reach out beyond the church walls. That elder was one of the first to greet Pauline with welcoming words and a handshake each Sunday morning. But oh, Pauline tried the patience of the people of that little church. Even that elder whom she counted as friend she stayed for the coffee hour, of course, every Sunday following church, sometimes interrupting people's conversations. Although she was diabetic, she stuffed her coat pockets full of cookies and cake slices. One particular member who was concerned for her health often tried to guide her to the fruit that she had brought just, just for Pauline. On many a Sunday, Pauline would say, I want to lead the singing. I want to sing a song in church. She was usually managed by saying, someday. But someday did come around, and a couple of times a year, Pauline was allowed to sing in church. It was always the same hymn. My Jesus, I love thee. Her voice was not the greatest, but her sincerity could not be denied. 
The second verse took on new meaning for many who heard her. I love thee because thou hast first loved me. If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. She was indeed Christ's gift to that small church. A church which had learned what giving a cup of cold water to one of these little ones means. Through an angel in their midst named Pauline. We were once strangers. That's what we are told. And the way that we show gratitude for the reality that we are no longer strangers is through holy hospitality. Hospitality to even those who may not think believe or act like us. And Jesus said, whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly, I tell you, None of these will lose their reward. 